0: Okay.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Oh my god. The him glory
1: him Hey everybody, welcome. This is the bold and the beautiful. We are here right now. We are getting ready to start our broadcast and i'm curtis austin and
2: we are now on the when christians speak talk radio we air every second saturday of the month at 10 a.m won't you just tune in and welcome to when christians talk radio bold and the beautiful if
0: it wasn't for god i'd be weak hey. i wouldn't wake up from my sleep hey. i wouldn't have nothing to eat hey. i wouldn't be so unique hey. if it wasn't for god i would lose it yeah. i wouldn't live under a roof and yeah. i wouldn't be up in this booth know he is the truth. And if it wasn't for God, I would have been bold. The enemy would have taken my soul. But now I rise up and I surprise them at the day that If it wasn't for God, I wouldn't be up in these four cars on the way to my shoulders. If it wasn't for God, I wouldn't have nada. I wouldn't have been cold. If it wasn't for God, I wouldn't have clothes. No shoes to cover my toes. No hat to cover my head. If it wasn't for God, I would have been. If it wasn't for God, I would have been out I'm blessed without doubt gotta make sure I it out Hallelujah.
1: Bold and beautiful is a talk show designed to bring the word of God to youth and young adults around the world and embolden them to live out loud for Jesus Our vision, is to see young people of the world rising up to take their rightful place as leaders and world changers
0: I'm a young girl spitting that gospel last time I saw the God he said I got you yeah yeah hallelujah Halle, hallelujah and they try to act like they never knew you but the devil can't do nothing too.
3: Hello, everybody. Here we are again on another not-so-sunny Saturday afternoon for another When Christians Speak bold and beautiful podcast i have with me well to my left i don't know what he's on your screen but this is trey potter he is coming to talk about this is the gen z takeover he made a slick comment about my last podcast being a millennial takeover so we are giving him his space to speak on not only of course what he's doing in his own life but of course gen z's we're going to get into it so good afternoon trey and welcome sir
2: Good afternoon, Mama J. Hope you're doing well and happy first day of October.
3: Happy first day of October. Um, People, listen, don't judge. You see that I'm wearing something furry. Let's be clear. I was just showing Trey. Let me be, let me be transparent. I just threw this wig on, but for real... I'm still in my night clothes. Okay. I had a long night and I'm still in my night clothes. And as soon as I get off this podcast, I'm going to throw this wig off and pull off these lashes and we're going to go back to being comfortable. Okay. But I'm cute for you guys because that's how I get down. Wait, what'd you say?
2: We're still trying to figure out if it's a llama or alpaca, though.
3: We don't know. We don't know. Y'all, y'all vote. Y'all pick. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> so gen z takeover so Dre, first before we're because we're definitely gonna hit this whole gen z thing right because so, so people got a lot to say but let's talk about you real fast so you are a recent college graduate correct
2: Mm-hmm. i graduated last year um crazy, it's already been a year but from the university of cincinnati in ohio
0: mm-hmm.
2: uh born in seattle but my life has just been a just a series of different addresses so i lived in new york pittsburgh Uh, Florida for a time. And after college, I decided to move out to Washington, DC. And yeah, here we are.
3: And here we are. What did you study?
2: I studied construction management in the School of Engineering. Uh, To be engineers, but you know, I can still flex and say I got an engineering degree. (laughs) Absolutely. Uh, Mathematics, like calculus and all that, and more just practical, like construction, construction information. Got my cat behind me.
3: Oh, hello, cat.
2: My son, by the way, Nigel.
3: I love kitty cats. Hey, Nigel. Hey, boo. Oh, I had a cat growing up.
2: All right, go. Get your booty out.
3: <laughs> and cats are, for me, have you, listen, this is, this is about to diverge. Like, we're about to, now that I saw that you had a cat, like, this is a whole different conversation. Um, did you see the um, documentary on Netflix, Don't Fuck With Cats?
2: not at all no oh
3: you should watch it so Mm. it's basically how cat people help catch a killer because the the person who was a killer had first started by um like torturing and killing cats and like posting videos online and like the whole cat community was up in arms and so like thousands of people were searching for who this was and he ended up i don't think he had killed at that point he had first started off with animals and he killed a person and then i think he actually did he he might have filmed it online i think he might have filmed killing someone you don't see his face or anything but basically how they took the clues and helped find a killer because you don't f with cats it's-
2: i i he but I did hear about that and I think it's so fascinating how for a lot of like serial killers or murderers they always start with like small animals Mm -hmm. like whether it's a squirrel or a rat and then it'll go to something more personable like a cat or dog
0: Mm
2: -hmm. humans and things like that Uh, it's a damn shame but I'm also very much a cat person I think cats are so much better than dogs for me it's like I I like how cats don't treat you as a god. Like with dogs, they will treat you like you are the sun the...
3: and moon rises on you.
2: But with cats, it's like my cat isn't living with me. I'm living with my cat. Like Correct. That's a whole another entity. <laughs> whole Schedule.
3: different life. Like, oh hey, you're you're home. All right. <laughs> okay. I can... Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, I am. I am an animal person. I have only owned a cat, but I've also owned birds, hamsters, guinea pigs, frogs, snails, all that, all of it. I love creatures. And then I'm also like, I'm always looking for creatures. So anytime I'm driving, I'm always looking for animals. I'm like, oh, there's a bald eagle. Oh, there's a yeah, I'm always on the hunt for all of God's creatures, because they're just amazing to me. Yeah.
2: Uh, I heard one day. I think that'd be cool. Yeah. Birds are hyper intelligent.
3: Exactly. Right. Yeah. Now I'm going to bring back something that was before you were born. And I don't know, I feel like you have to pay for it to watch it right now. Um, but there is a movie that Madonna started in called Who's That Girl? Mm-hmm. I feel like it was the mid to late 80s, maybe early 90s, but I feel like it was the 80s. And um, in the film, which was filmed in New York, there was this super rich person who had like a menagerie in his mansion. So he had like this huge area that was looked like a rainforest and had all of the animals in it. I was like, I want to be at a fish one day. I want to, like, she walks in and there's, like, you know, a jaguar walking by, like, all right, girl, hey. And then there are birds flying. And I was like, I could so do that. Now, I don't like keeping animals caged up and I don't really believe in that, but I thought it was very cool. Very
2: cool. Man, if, if you want to go to a zoo like that, just go to a college campus. Go inside <laughs> <a> of <dorms> the and <laughs> you'll see you'll see everything you want. Damn, there's thing
3: Really? Really?
2: Yeah, I feel like, so for me personally, my freshman year of college, I lived in the biggest dorm on campus, which was called Daniel's Hall. Mm-hmm. It was like 13 or 14 stories, like seven or 800 people. Yeah, <laughs> huge. Wow. They were like co-ed fours. Um, they were all like quadplexes, a couple or uh, quadplexes. They could all house four people. Some of them were like solos and duos. Yeah. Um, but it was a ton of people. Uh, to flex real quick I got named president of the hall just saying oh um,
3: shucks. okay
2: yeah that was a lot of fun but man you would just see the craziest stuff um especially between like 11 p.m 3 a.m any given night yeah uh, yeah uh, you're talking about jaguars but I mean wait till you see like the, the business student who is just blacked out like sitting <laughs> laying or like oh, what's going on
3: <laughs> yeah that's a zoo that's a
2: whole zoo.
3: That's a lot of kids. How big was the school? Like, how many?
2: So, Cincinnati had, I think, undergraduate is like 40,000. It's a pretty big school.
3: Wow, that's a lot. And oh. you didn't feel like swallowed up in that? You were like comfortable being like one of the many?
2: Yeah, for sure. um I feel like I'm mostly an extroverted person. So, I get a lot of life out of just interacting with people. One yeah. thing that of Is just those random conversations with people, and when you're on a campus, you know you'll get those, uh, you'll get those um, experiences all the time. And I think what I've come to appreciate about college, especially after graduating, is that is truly the only time in your life where you're surrounded by people your age. Like you, you've got ten thousand people your age within uh, a mile radius. Like it, you do not get that at any right. other life. So yeah, I, I I enjoyed being a small fish in a big pond.
3: Okay, yeah, I, I when I went to college <clears throat> many moons ago, <clears throat> um, I went to a really small school. I was like, I don't think I'm a big school kid. I feel like I might have I might have drowned in that kind of experience. But I love the fact that you thrived and that you you knew yourself well enough to know like this is like I would be good in this kind of like situation. Mm-hmm. Um, that's super important. So we, so are now we are fully in the like job market now. You got like a full on job. Are you do you have a job in your field?
2: Yeah, uh, I work as a project engineer for a general contractor. Um, basically, to to paraphrase, if you see construction going on, I don't do the labor, but I manage it. So I I handle a lot of the finances, coordination, um, schedule. I deal. I'm basically the owner's representative almost to the actual work being done. So a building gets designed by an architect and then <laughs> or someone, or I'm sorry, let me back up. An owner or whoever has the money wants to build a building. They hire an architect, the architect designs it. And then once they have the design out, the owner will or developer will push this drawing or set of plans out to the market and be like, hey, who can build this for the lowest price. And so then uh, the general contractor where I am will bid the project like, hey, we think this will cost, it'll cost this much. We think we can do it in this timeline. And then you get awarded the process. And then, yeah, that's where I come in and deal with creating a scope of work or the schedule, um, handle the finances, coordinations. We bring on the subcontractors to actually do the work hopefully that that made sense.
3: No, I get it. So yep. so being in government, I get the whole contract putting out a bid. Yeah. And then and then the project manager and whatever field is the one who makes sure that it stays on schedule, it stays on budget that you know, you guys are meeting like your benchmarks and where you should be at certain points in the project. So yeah, that's yep. very cool. Do you really like the work?
2: Uh, I was about to say that. No, <laughs> no. Um okay, I, I do like it, but I'm not in love with it. And I the longer that I live, the more I realize. I think it's truly just I mean, it, I make good money, don't get me wrong, but I think it's just more important to do things that you're passionate about and that you love rather than things that you just like. Like when I go shopping, I never just buy a shirt that I like. I buy a shirt that I love, even if it's a little bit more expensive. If I know that I'm that I'm really into it, then hell yeah, I'm gonna get it. And I think it should be the same approach with uh, with people's jobs however just the way that the education system is set up in America especially in regards to universities I didn't go to school to learn how to create a a general contracting business I didn't go to school to learn how to uh, be an entrepreneur per se I went to school to learn how to be a worker right learn how to be a suburban, (laughs) you know what I mean? Right. So it's, and I feel like that's the case with most people's majors. You, you go to school to work for someone else. Uh, But for me, I eventually want to, want to branch out and do, do my own thing, Uh, create my own financial flexibility. Generational wealth is always the goal. Um, And I don't think that's, for me and my goals, I don't think it's attainable staying in this route my whole life. But uh, to, to close the loop, um, the industry that I'm in and the work that I do teaches me a lot of skills that I know I'll be able to use further down my life. So right, it, right. it's a matter of, as you said earlier, balancing my impatientness and my ambition and kind of come to an equilibrium and, you know, have my goals set in place so that I know that I'm working towards something and that I'm not just working to to work, you know? Right,
3: right. Yeah, I think that's what we do a lot, especially in America, is we work to work. I'm like, but that's, that's not good enough. I think that's why we're dying young. Like, so that's why we have stress issues because we're working to work and it's really not working. Um, so have you thought about what you are passionate about or what you would like to do? Like if there's anything like close your eyes, dream your biggest dream. If you could find independence, you know, generational wealth, like you said, what would you be doing? What would that look like? Do you have an idea yet? Yeah, you may not, you may.
2: So kind of, sort of, I think, and I'd love to hear your perspective on this, but I think for most, for 95% of people my age, I'm 24, I think that process of finding your passion is, is ongoing. Personally, I don't feel like I've, I've found it, but there are things that I really do enjoy. I feel like in terms of creating generational wealth, for me, I just want to do a couple of things that will like create or generate like passive passive income, whether it's eventually I want to own some properties and do development, but then I also want to be able to sell like life insurance to my family and friends. Um, And that's like another stream of revenue or invest. uh, Make sure like my 401k is popping off. My Roth is like, good, you know, have the life insurance, maybe even do a little bit of crypto. So to really diversify, if I had, if if I close my eyes and dreamt, Trey, what could you be doing and and you would be making money? I would absolutely love to be able to travel the world and really just help people. I don't know if it would be in terms of like public speaking and I'm speaking on something I'm really passionate about um, that would help others, but I think something along those lines. Yeah. yeah.
3: Listen, I feel like the, the wonderful thing about life is it'll help you flush out and, and hone in what that kind of like looks like until it's congealed into something that like, oh, I could do this. Right. Um, I am super similar in that, um, my whole life, um, I have been what I have called myself is a cheerleader. So I love to encourage people. Um, of course, spiritually, it's called an exhorter or exhortation, but it's the same thing. It's like, it's basically a cheerleader. So you love to see other people doing well, and you love to encourage people who are doing well. So, um, Thankfully right now, like the job that I have working for the government, I am helping people. So I feel like super fulfilled. Like I would I would do the work that I'm getting paid to do. I would do it for free. Like, because that's how much I love the work. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, I love the people group. I also believe, I think that's one thing that um, if you, um, and it may look different for everybody, but like for me, I feel like I've I've identified my tribe, the tribe of people who I want to help. Um, Cause it could be like, so like, that could be broad. Like, I just want to help humanity. That's a really, it's a really big, tall order, right? So my people group are people who have um, interacted with the criminal justice system in one way or the other. And so I love that people group because for me, someone who has not messed up in the same way, but who has messed up like again and again and again and again, you know, you could just keep making bad decisions, mistakes, whatever you want to call them. And you need Absolutely, I think everyone needs someone in their life who will not give up, who will be with them on the first time they make a bad decision, and who will be with them on the 532nd time they messed up. Right? Because everybody's journey is different, and everyone's not gonna like bounce back the same or like, oh, I made one bad decision. Let me just turn my whole life around. That looks, you know, different for everybody. So I super, 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 super really love um, working with people in that system because. Um, I get to be the person who sticks with them, like no matter what.
2: I think there's a lot of wisdom in that because and me and my mom were talking about this and you alluded to it. It's not about I want to help humanity. It is about it, but it is way too broad to say I want to change the world. No, no, no. Change the world you live in and the ripple effects will be felt. So with the work that you do, you're affecting like let's say you, you help a hundred people in a year. I mean, that hundred people ripples out to like thousands of people a year. Right. You're inadvertently helping the world, but just in, in your way. And that's why I think, I think for all people, regardless of age, like figuring out that passion, uh, what it is your purpose is, is, is so important because I'm, I'm not really I'm good at math, but I'm not like really into math, but if I have a math teacher who is very passionate about math, Mm -hmm. I get in, in listening and learning from them. If everyone did something they were very passionate about, gosh, I mean, we, we, I think the world would just be a lot more,
3: it would be a better place, period, (laughs) period, period. Um, so I'm trying to figure out which which street do I want to turn down. There's so many streets. There are so many streets. Um, you know what? Let's, we're just gonna branch down here. I don't know how far we're gonna go down this street. Let's do oh, it. You you made your cute little comment about the millennial takeover. You want to talk about Gen Z, so let's talk about them. Okay. Um, what do I feel like? Oh, I need to water my plants, Jesus. I'll do that after the podcast. Um, what do you feel are the both positive and negative stereotypes of your generation?
2: Okay. So I guess to narrow it down a bit, I'll talk about like my generation specifically, which I think is 23, 24, 25, 26, maybe even 27. Right. The reason why i counted it because Gen Z starts at 1995. I was born 97, but I was born, I'm not your... And I explain it? I grew up going outside and having fun, but I feel like a lot of people in Gen Z now, like the younger side, they probably just stayed in on the video games or on their iPad, bunch of YouTube and things like that. I feel like my, that 95 to 1999, 2000 range is a bit more unique because we still had that childhood almost pre-internet, but when we get got into middle school and high school like we were really the first generation to have the like instagram youtube was really big snapchat um so to talk about that specifically i think the best thing about our generation from what i've seen is we're really open-minded to a certain extent it's kind of a double-edged sword but i love how interconnected we are and i love our ability to find and use information that is just out there. For example, I think we've seen like a real, in the last few years, we've seen like a real rise in things like meditation or things like yoga or whatever it might be. These are like right. very practices, but I feel like my generation does a good job at-
3: Making it blow up.
2: And 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 come back up. Um, yeah. And also social media is, is kind of a cesspool depending on how you use it. But I love how my de- is so interconnected with people from around the world. I mean, on my Snapchat, I've got friends from, that I met in France. I got friends that I met in England. I got friends that I met in Colombia, And I love how they're just a tap away. And I can contact them whenever I can see what is going on in their lives. I think that makes people seem more like people. It makes it feel more like, okay, they're just people. They're not... Just because they're Russian doesn't mean they're bad. You know what I mean? Like, great, great. Let, let's not, let's not uh, put people in, in groups based on what their government does or where they might live or whatever. The worst thing, um, it's a long list.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> um, <clears throat> I guess two things really come to mind. First off is the social media thing. I think it's our generation and a, and a bit more on the younger side, but I think our generation gets swayed a lot by social media. Um, I think about my sister a lot. As a young woman, you know, she's 14, a lot of girls her age will get a false sense of confidence based on virtual numbers on a screen. I think that my generation can put too much emphasis on it's like they care more about their username than their last name and that's not real that's 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 a fake world right Um, right I feel like in that aspect I I dislike it but I really do have hope that my generation will also be the ones to really disconnect from that and go back to reality per se the other thing that I really get frustrated with is uh how do I describe it um something along the lines of like just being polarizing um or or my previous comment about how we're really open-minded but it's a double-edged sword like we sometimes are a bit too progressive in some senses um which like let's like pause the bricks, like let's not listen to everything that we get exposed to like let's it's good to live but sometimes I think, personally, it's black and white.
3: Yeah, everything isn't valid just because someone said it doesn't make make it valid. Um, one of the things that I think, um, and the funny thing is, what I have come to realize raising a Gen Z um, is a lot of what annoys me about my own child <laughs> is are things that are my fault. As um, hey boo, that are my fault. This is what I love about cats; they do not care, okay. zero, zero, care, zero. Um, uh, so one of the things that um, I realized is that like the things that annoy me about my child is because of the way I raised her, right? So um, I raised like, and I grew up in New York City um, in Manhattan in like the eighties. And at a very young age, I was maybe maybe eight, nine years old. I was, you know, walking the streets of Manhattan, seven o'clock in the morning to take a bus across town, like a city bus across town. So I was managing my own my own time to get to school on time to make sure I didn't get off on the wrong bus stop. So those are things that I did that I absolutely, like it would never have let Hannah do it. Like, are you kidding me? Her, letting her get on a bus by herself at eight? Never. <clears throat> excuse me. And, um, <clears throat> excuse me, so... Some of the things that annoy me aren't my fault. Like I should have let her get on the bus at eight or nine because there is a certain level of like independence and critical thinking that you get, but we don't, my generation, I feel like Gen Xs didn't recognize that some of the, what we call struggles for ourselves as children growing up were really character building and they really built like skills that we use to this day. <clears throat> and um, I'll never forget, Hannah's gonna kill me for telling the story. It's like my, really a terrible story um but basically um senior of high school um we had moved to um a new county so she had to figure out like you know where the bus is going to pick up uh you know the high school kids you know to go to school and so she called this phone number and she had the most confused look on her face and so she just hands me the phone and I was just like what is wrong and it was a busy signal and she was 17 years old and had never heard a busy signal before and it just kind of crystallized for me in that moment that I had been making all of her phone calls so she would never have had the opportunity to hear a business signal because I handled everything like so at 17 she was coming up against you know some kind of like conflict or adversity that she had never yet you know experienced but she could have had I let her do things earlier like even when I think about like probably the first time I let her like walk walk to like a a corner store or like a store in our neighborhood with a friend she was like 14 years old like i would never like let her go to the park by herself you know i grew up in the age definitely of you know we can look up and see where you know sex offenders are in your neighborhood you know so there were just things that i just would not did not allow her to do but i'm like okay that might have a reason to why there are things that I'm like, why aren't you thinking about this? I'm like, oh, because I thought about it. And then I told you what to do. And so now you're at a point where I'm just like, well, I probably should let you do that thinking earlier.
2: I, you bring up a really good point. I so much, and this is not a generational thing. I think this is just people in their 20s thing. Uh, Got that alkaline water, love that. Mm -hmm. Um, My mom spends so much money getting those (laughs) days. But I think people in their 20s, your twenties, a lot of it is about unlearning the bad habits or things that you got from your parents that necessarily weren't right. One thing that does frustrate me about our, about my generation, Gen Z, um, which you kind of alluded to, is that we're really not soft but pampered. Um, it's 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 like we have a, a general inability to <laughs> see adversity, recognize that it is adversity, and able to push through that adversity and i feel like a lot of that is the older generation wanting the best for us but not necessarily teaching us in a way teaching us character building skills without having us pampered for example um i feel like a lot of guys in your generation or older know how to like fix cars and things like that I mean, I know how to change my oil. I I can like change my brakes. I can change a flat tire, but a lot of that stuff does not get passed down to guys our age. Because if anything, we we have an app where we can just send our car to the detailer or to the to the mechanic, and and they and they can do it. Or, um, gosh, I feel like there's so many examples of things coming in our generation, and that. And living in that like comfortability luxury, um, kind of just in turn makes us like not want to work, makes us a bit soft. Um, yeah, hopefully I'm making sense.
3: No, I totally get it. Listen, and my um, my husband who was like in retail management for you know. 30 plus years. So he used to always talk about because he saw generations of kids coming into the workforce. And so he would see like generational things. And I definitely believe that um, like, you know, definitely Gen Xers. So like me and all of my sisters who all have children from my, I think my niece is 31, 32 to my youngest siblings. I mean, nephews and nieces who's, I think she's 18 now. Um, we can definitely see how <clears throat> we wanted so much for our kids that we just did like everything for them. So then yeah. once it happens, they're like, what do I do? Like, you always fix my stuff. So now you want me to fix my stuff? Mm-hmm. You've been fixing my stuff my whole life, right? So why, why are you asking me to fix it now?
2: And I feel like for you, and I kind of understand your perspective because um, I mean, you, you had Hannah like relatively young, right?
3: I did, I was 22.
2: 22, like my mom had me at 17, so it's kind of that same boat where it's like they want the best for you because of what they saw that they're a bit they, they, that they can be a bit overbearing, which is why I had to move out at 18 and like really get that space. But I I think what we have to watch out for and what I hope I don't fall into when I'm older is being like, oh, this generation, nah, nah, nah. like <laughs> right. you're right, grew up in the 1920s, you'd be like. I mean, by the time I was 15, I had two kids working and da, 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 you know what I mean? So it's yeah. like, yeah, generation is going to be different based on what the norms are of that society. So I, I think the best thing that the older generation, our generation, future generations can do, and this is so cliche to say, but I've thought about it a lot, is really just try to obviously understand and just reciprocate everything in a place of love which I know is like super cheesy, but it's like, but if it's you, real. if you, if you come from a place of love and understanding, it's like, you'll be able to get why this generation might think like that. And let's not, let's not be like, man, you guys should have like, no, let's, let's get into a teaching mode and teach this generation what the steps are to do. Now, I mean, you have a young daughter and my mom has me so it's like we're a bit hard-headed sometimes but um I think that's I think that's how we can improve the situation per se it's just support
3: yeah so one of the things that I um so one of the reasons why this podcast was created even though I don't have my co-hosts with me today is we were all youth leaders so um I think my secondary tribe are children i have always loved kids since i was a kid so i offline we had a brief conversation about how like i've been babysitting since i was like 12 13 mm-hmm. It was like babysitting like multiple kids like i would i would have like four to six kids that i would watch for you know anywhere from four to eight hours a day <clears throat> so i have i have been so used to my whole life taking care of people so i've always loved kids and um and I, when i say i parent the world like i truly mean that um There were times um, of course, pre-pandemic when I was like taking the Metro into work, I was riding the train. And if I saw a kid doing something, I'd be like, excuse me, young man. (laughs) Like I parent the world and I don't care. I think the wonderful thing, the reason why I haven't gotten like assaulted at some point is because I do lead with love. You know, like you were saying is I come from a parent's heart, so I am never I'm never doing anything or saying anything to a young person to judge them. I am doing it because I feel like whatever it is, is unsafe or not good or something. So from a place of love, I say, I'm gonna need you to tighten that up, right? Okay, I remember one time, this one kid, and he was so skinny. I was like, "You cannot be a criminal." He um, was uh, running up the escalator and stole an iPhone out this woman's hand, who was just like on her phone. He stole it and tried to run, and I just grabbed him. And he was so skinny, and he was like struggling. I was like, "Listen, if I can stop you, like you don't even understand what it's gonna be like if you actually end up in jail." I was like, "I'm gonna." So we got we got her the phone back, right? And I was like, "I'm gonna need you to go do something else because." a criminal lifestyle is not for you. They're going to break you apart in jail. Listen, I go to jails. I know what this is like. Like you need to do something else.
2: Wait, both- <laughs> I have a problem.
3: Right like you can't if I can grab you up like this, can you imagine what's going to happen to you in like a cell with the, with a selly? Not good. Not good. So
2: I just li- the world. I like that you <clears throat> responsibility but at the same time I wish that and I feel like this is a very much western society thing where it's so much about the individual and less about the collective for example in China they do things well I don't agree with a lot of things they do one thing that I do when they implement something for the society it happens whether it's Here in America, one of the most watched shows for years was like, I think, NCIS, you know, like those murder mysteries and things mm-hmm. like that. China, it's like educational programs. The point that I'm getting at is I feel like in America, it's looked down upon or frowned upon to, to raise a child as a community, and it's solely on the parent. But I like how in other countries, in a more traditional background, it's, no, we raise this, we raise our kids as a community. Like, we're all in trying to help, kind of like you were saying. I think that's something that could really help in the future. I feel like that should fall on the responsibility of not the government, but I guess for our case, churches. Mm -hmm. Uh, We've got the highest per capita of churches in the world, yet we suffer from like poverty and drug overdose and and all this stuff. And it kills me when I see these church groups going out as a Christian, going out and being like, yeah, we're gonna go to Africa and we're gonna help all these, like... like, Don't go out here your inner city and help these people. Like you don't have to travel across the world to like help others, like you can help your community now. I wish there was a, a, a bigger emphasis in America on that, raising the kid as a community unless right. less focusing on the parent or individual.
3: Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I definitely believe that that was something that was a, a value of the Black community, you know, um, pre Jim Crow, mm. pre, you know, desegregation. I think there was a definitely, like if you talk to older generation, like your grandmother, your grandmother's grandmother, you talk to those people, they're like, listen, Everybody in the neighborhood knew whose child I was, and they also felt very willing to both love on you and correct you, right? Like mm-hmm. you could go to someone's house and get food as well as go to someone's house and get beat up because you was acting up in the streets and they saw you. Mm-hmm. So there was definitely that sense. And, um, I, of course I have an affinity for my own people group, which is, uh, you know, African-American or black Americans, but as, as, a human race right we don't you made the point about like even sometimes your your generation can be polarizing but I feel like we're at a point now where like all generations are super polarizing yeah. like we are in a place where we're looking for reasons to be separate and you're different from me and I'm over here and you're over there as opposed to how are we alike and how how are some of our values aligned um which is, you know, super sad because, you know, I love people. And so it always hurts me when we find ways to like exclude people from things, exclude them from conversations, exclude them from, you know, rights and freedoms. You know what I mean? So um, the one thing that so that's one of the things that I love about your generation is when you said you're open minded. I do believe that. I I believe that your generation is super like welcoming and they're like, oh, come, come. You can sit at our table like we accept everybody. And I think that is one of the the best things because there are so many people who feel on the outside and who feel like, you know, they're weird or different than. So the fact that your generation is one who will welcome anybody um, I think is just such a treasure. Um, It's so funny, even when I think about um, because so for y'all listening audience who don't know, um, me and Trey met on the dance floor. That's correct because we be out in these streets doing salsa. So um, this young man be out here, you know, doing turns and stuff. You know what I'm saying? Um, So uh, one of the things I was taking a class on George Mason University's campus.
2: I've been going to that recently. Matter of fact.
3: So yeah, so they just had their second session. I haven't started going to the second session yet, but um, of course, that is all. Mostly Gen Zs. There are some people who are older like me, but there are a lot of Gen Zs who take those classes. And one of the things that I love, like looking at the makeup of the class, um which is not something that was typical for like my generation or older generations, is you like you will have a lot of females who are leading and a lot of males mm-hmm. who are followers. And I was like, you know, that is. I think my generation may be the last generation who kind of, this is the way it's supposed to be. This is, you know, this is you know, what the, what the value is. And if you're outside of this, then something is wrong with you. Right. And so, um, I love the fact that I can go into a class with young people and they're like, like, we don't have gender norms. We don't have, it is whatever you feel comfortable doing. That's how we're going to show up. And I think that's a beautiful thing. Um, oh, that's my mother calling me. Paul, let me tell him I'm doing a podcast right now. Kat Randall, I'm filming a podcast right now, so I'm gonna get off the phone. Yes, I'm recording and filming you. I'm not—you're not on camera. Don't worry about it. But I love you, and I'll call you back. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so I love that about your generation. I love that um, you all don't stand on what was done before. Like, I think again, I think my generation was the last to say, "Well, my parents did it like this, so we're gonna do it like this." And your generation is like we don't want to do it like none of y'all we're going to do it like we do it and you like it but that's how we're going to do it
2: (laughs) so I want to hit on that point and then I want to hit on the polarization point but with this in particular so I feel like just growing up in Ohio and just the background that I'm from and the way I think I feel like I'm a bit more on the conservative side so I don't necessarily agree with like some aspects about the whole gender thing but what I can appreciate is and I feel like what you're getting at is that my generation does, and excuse my French, just does not give a fuck. Like, right? <laughs> Do find like zero, zero. It's like I feel like we're just a bit more inclusive, and I feel like that is due to the fact that we just get exposed to more things. It's very hard to be racist to a a person if you sit next to them in class all the time, and I feel like my generation has had the privilege of. You know going to school and a lot of times regardless of where you in the where you are in the country it's pretty diverse and then on top of that with social media i mean you're you're just following people you know what i mean people that you see you're seeing all this you're seeing all different races whatever gender ethnicities religions like you're seeing all of that so it's it's not like when a person walks into a room and they want to do this certain thing, it's like, oh, I haven't seen this before. It's like, no, I I've seen this on social media, I've seen this in person, I've seen this just out, out and about. So I do love how and that's a good point. I, I really do enjoy how like inclusive we are, just more accepting of, of people. Um, and with the polarization thing, so I think I'm gonna hit you with a fact or a fact, a stat here. I off the top of my head, I don't know like the publication that came out with this, but on average. Gen Z actually uses Instagram, Facebook, Snapchat, YouTube, Twitter less than Millennials uh, and Gen X on average. The app that they use more, which I personally don't use, is TikTok. So TikTok is like really used in my generation, but all the other ones are less. And when I heard that stat, I was like, you know what? That gives me so much hope because I really do feel like when my people, my generation, is at the age to hold high positions of power, I think we're really gonna see a reversal of just this entertainment cesspool that we've kind of that we've kind of got down in. I think my generation is gonna be the one to really separate ourselves from the matrix per se and not be so caught up in the fake world of like social media. Yeah, I yeah lot of good from social media but I think the way that the people in power are setting up these algorithms is set up in a way to cause polarization absolutely and I think when my generation gets there we can put a stop to this because we've experienced it I mean we've, we've literally grown up and see how detrimental it is right. but I feel like for millennials older millennials in gen x you guys lived a whole life and then saw this but it's yeah. like we Lived in it you know what I mean right so
3: it was there from the beginning for you all mm-hmm. yeah yeah it's so funny when you just think about the things that you guys have never like had to use like you know like a phone that dialed like this <laughs> like like what I don't understand or um you know it's so funny now I remember when my Hannah was younger I bought her like a a retro Polaroid camera but I was like I remember when the original Polaroid camera was out you know these things when we had to go and take our film into a store for them to develop our film you know we didn't just take pictures because we didn't have smartphones and we didn't
2: have clouds to store stuff on my my mom or my mom my sister has never seen or probably does not know what a Blackberry is you know or a D or a CD you know I I I, I was on the, the end of like lime wire, you know, when you would, uh, when you would, mm-hmm. you no, don't got to do that no more. Are you kidding me?
3: tell you how I hated to give away my BlackBerry. Like it was my, it was one of my earliest work phones.
0: Mm-hmm. And
3: when they had tried to get to go to like a smarter smartphone, I was like, but why? BlackBerry is perfect. Like, why, would you, why would you do this? Like, I bought a BlackBerry for my personal phone because I loved the BlackBerry for my for my job. And I was like, why? That means I have to like upgrade technologies. I don't understand why. I don't understand why. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Um. So you moved out at 18. Let's get into that. Like
2: what? So <coughs> move out is... I feel like I said it in a kind of a loose term. I just left to college at okay. that time. But once I left, I, I, I remember the first day, I won't get into what happened the summer before, which might've like cost some of this, but I remember you on the just first,
3: go, you just go, just, just, just drop that little Easter egg and not be like, but I'm not going to tell you what it was, but it was something
2: Easter egg for future episodes. We'll <laughs> okay. First day of college. I was living in Columbus, Ohio, where Ohio State is, but I was going to go to school in Cincinnati, University of Cincinnati, Go Bearcats. So me and my mom drive two hours down. I remember we pull up to the residential hall. There's hundreds of kids there. I had to go inside the building and get my key for my room. I go in there. My mom says, hey, I'm going to put your stuff on the sidewalk just to help you get ready. I get my key. I come back out. All of my belongings are on the sidewalk and she's gone and and from and i'll never forget from that point on i feel like it was all right you're on your own kid uh i didn't have a phone at the time like i did not have a phone i had an ipod so like if i if i was trying to get a girl's number like i'd be like yeah hit me at gline soccer 12 at yahoo.com like i couldn't get a number Uh oh and so i feel like from that point i i kind of say i i moved out because i mean i it's not like I was going back home for uh, for Thanksgiving or any of that. I was just kind of out there. You know, I, I really had to kind of just adult, whether it's like, okay, let me get some car insurance. Let me get a phone bill. Let me do this. Let me do that. Da da, da. Like, what am I going to eat this week? I got $50 in my account. How can I make this last? Do I have enough to buy a gram of weed? Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> so.
3: Wait, so wait. You didn't go home for the holidays?
2: That first year? No, no.
3: So what did you do? Where did you go?
2: Uh, I was just in the, the dorm. Uh, there was like, it, it is so eerie to be in a building that's meant for 800 people. And there's like five, but really? I just stayed. Yeah.
3: Interesting. How did that feel?
2: Um, I think at the time, of course, I was like hurt to a certain extent. I was hurt to a certain extent. but, um. Shoot, I ain't perfect. I definitely did some things that probably hurt my parents too. Uh, but I think I would not change anything because that stuff had to happen in order for like me and my mom to have a great relationship now. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, those learning curves. It did suck, but I feel like at that point in my life, I was just like, man, this is the cards I kind of got dealt and we're just going to deal with it. And I feel like it really made me so much more independent now to where, like, when I was 20, I moved down to, uh, to Miami for, like, an internship for five months. Um, I feel like I was so much ahead of the curve compared to people my age, even now. Mm-hmm. Where I, I already knew what it was like to move to a whole different state, whole different culture. Everything just felt different other than the language and just kind of, like, thrive out there, you know? Did
3: you salsa in Miami? Were we salsa at this point?
2: So I had went to like some classes for a couple months, um, but I did not know what I was doing. But it was like my first experience with uh, Latin music. Um, and I love, love, love Latin music. So really good experience. Um, that's also where I realized I had a passion for Latin women. So hello. <laughs>
3: We're talking about women. Do we have women? Are we, are we just like out on the dating scene? What is dating like? Are you like meeting people in person? What do you, you, you yeah.
2: do? I think that's a great question. So I think for me personally, and I, I'll be honest, I'm a, I'm a hypocrite to a certain extent. My, my stepdad met his fiance via like match.com. So I'm not going to sit here and say dating apps don't work, but I think the dating culture in regards to apps for my generation is more or less hookup culture. Um, I feel like for I feel like I'm just a bit more traditional in the sense where I think it's much better. And I have a lot more fun just meeting women when I go out and just chatting to them there rather than just texting for like a week and then maybe a FaceTime. And it's like, Hey, like let's meet up. That's just me personally. I'm not a big texter. So like, I don't like to do that stuff, but I feel like for my generation in the dating apps, it is definitely more of a hookup culture. Like I'll be totally honest. I, I probably got like five bodies just from like, you know, chat with a girl on tinder hey let's meet up <laughs> get her done <laughs> you know what i mean yeah uh, which is fun i mean it's like temporary satisfi- satis- satisfaction. satisfaction satisfaction yeah temporary satisfaction uh but i don't think that's like the way people should live their life um but I, I feel like the dating scene is is relatively like the same for my generation and your generation like a lot of people from my age group, if they got married to someone, they probably met him in college or met him in high school. Um, And I'm going out. I don't really, I know there are like successful relationships from dating apps, but I don't really see it, see it too often.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. One of my close friends, she met a really good guy from a dating app. And I was like, okay, well, there is hope for some people. Mm -hmm. I was like, I was so, I'm like, I'm so glad because I'm not like, super into technology so that the whole thing of trying to like find a life partner starting on on some form of technology would have been more than my little mind could take so I'm so glad I'm out of the dating field right now like more power to you all um it's so funny because a lot of the people that I go um dancing with they're all single and I'm like why weren't you guys in my life like three four years ago like there was a time especially again pre-pandemic going out in the workforce I was like I know a lot of good guys but now I have not been in contact with them for several years and so now y'all are out here single and I can't connect you to these guys I haven't talked to in a couple of years mm-hmm.
2: so I, what, what, I also like oh continue no you go ahead I was gonna say what I do like about this is just a random thought but dating apps now is that there's more emphasis on the woman reaching out first like the woman has a bit more yeah. power, but <laughs> I personally love I mean uh, I'm a shy guy, like if it's a, if I'm around like a pretty girl. So it's like if she shoots her Hi. shot, love that. Love that. <laughs> if, shy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. If, if she's if I'm like, oh my God, you're so cute. Like <laughs> the, uh, I'll, I'll, <laughs> I can't, <laughs> I don't know. I get, a, get a little nervous. Mm-hmm. Uh, so when I love that women are being more empowered now to just like take action and shoot their shot, you know what I mean?
3: I do. What's the best date you've ever had?
2: Best date I've ever had, mm. the ones that end in my bed. That's <laughs> so a
3: good answer. That's such a good Oh,
2: answer. I know. That's terrible. <laughs> but off the top of my head, I can't really think of one. But the last date I went on, it was like super last minute. So we ended up just going to the mall, super basic. But I'm the type of person where it's like, if I go on a date with you, I want you to remember it. Whether whether it was good or bad, I've never had a bad date, but I just want to make a memory. So there's this store, it was at Pentagon City Mall. Mm-hmm. There's a store on the third floor. I I think it's like a, a money laundering scheme because no one ever goes into this damn store. So I'm like, how do you guys even get business? But it's it's a hot sauce store, so they only carry like super fucking hot hot sauces. So me naturally, I'm like, hey, like let's go in there, talk to the guy up front. I'm like, hey, can we sample your hottest sauce? He's like, sure, sure, but you got to sign a waiver. And I was like, oh, fuck. Like, what are we doing?
3: Wow.
2: And so we, uh, yeah, he put, like, the super fucking hot sauce. Who knows what it was called? Like, nuclear explosion death. I don't know. Okay. But they they put a little dab on the spoons. Cheers. And, yeah, we cried together for, like, maybe 15 minutes. She almost got, like, she had to run to the bathroom because she said she was feeling a bit queasy. And I felt terrible. But we got some ice cream afterwards. And, uh yeah, that was really fun. Like, that
3: was super memorable. I can actually yeah. see that. That's super memorable. You cried for 15 minutes. Do you like spicy food?
2: Uh, not even. I think mouthwash is spicy. Like, I'm really not into it. But for some reason, i put myself through it.
3: Okay, okay. So <laughs> name something that you want to do that you haven't done yet.
2: Mm, go to outer space, for sure. That's number one on my bucket list. Which I think later in my life, it'll be a bit more accessible. So, yeah, for sure. Got to do that. Um, I guess something a bit more practical. Hmm, <clears throat> I would love to go skydiving by myself. I took a class in college that they were literally teaching you to do it by yourself. Obviously, you'd have instructor, instructors like around you while you're skydiving, mm-hmm. you know, like and signals if you forget. But I would love to do that by myself. I would have done it, but I was broke at the time. It was like $250. And I was like, mm. oh, so
3: I'm going to ever eat. Gonna, eat. Mm.
2: I would love to go on a date with uh, an older woman as well.
3: How old? How much older? Like, I could probably arrange it. That. That's why I'm asking.
2: <laughs> oh, I, mean, I again,
3: I, I, I have single friends. They're all old. <laughs> It's old like your mom old or
2: old like 30s old so that is like such a weird thing like like yeah I, I wouldn't mind going on a date with a woman that's like in her 40s but at the same time my mom is 40 so it's like uh, is that like weird but yeah. I don't feel like older women just like have experienced more life you know what I mean um and are a bit more like mature and Thanks. yeah maturity is attractive so
3: Facts, we'll talk offline about that. I know single women.
2: <laughs> yeah, I promise.
3: Yeah, so I would, I would definitely want to go skydiving too. My husband is not a fan of heights, so I know I'd be doing it by myself. Um, but I would totally do that. You, when, you think, when you said the thing about going to outer space, I can't remember where I heard this, um, but um, it was a mother talking to her son and he was like, you know, really smart kid. And and she said something about, you know, you know, don't you ever want to go to outer space? And he was like, mom, we already are in outer space. Oh. And it's so crazy, right? Because we are, it doesn't feel like it, of course, because we're grounded by gravity, but we are literally like a hanging rock in the middle of outer space. But I would definitely love to go out off the rock and, and see, um, see the cosmos um, away from the rock. That would be amazing.
2: Um, So beautiful to see the earth from like a global view and be like, man, like we're all in this together. Like there's
3: only one, there's only one
2: earth. Next closest thing is like a billion light years away. You know, like we're not even, or like four light years to be honest. But um, also one thing that I I really wanted to do and that I'm doing, and I kind of mentioned it offline is this trip to Central America. Like I've always wanted you just book a flight to a city in a different country and then book a flight back home from a whole different country. And that's basically what this trip is gonna be, a flight into Panama, flight out of Guatemala two weeks and like, let's see what happens. Um,
3: Are you gonna, I feel like this could be like the resurgence of like your YouTube and your podcast. Are you gonna document it?
0: Mm, is, this, I, is this like an a personal
3: experience adventure or is this something
2: of course I'd love to like share some experiences but when I did YouTube it wasn't like hey guys here's my vlog like what we're doing today is we're going to go to bed <laughs> no 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 like I did wine reviews so I, it, I called it college wine reviews at the time because I was in college but I think I changed cheap wine reviews but I just like to get a bottle of wine less than $50 review it bring a person on to like taste test it with me, have some laughs, have a joke. Towards the end of the video, like just talk about something for five or so minutes and then just upload it. So if I did something like that in Central America, I would just, I don't know, like if I'm in San Jose, Costa Rica, I would go to like some winery or whatever, or go to a store, pick up some $5 wine and like try it there, sit in the street, record myself, upload it, like something like that. But yeah, I, uh, uh, this trip is more or less just to see if I can do it. Can I learn Spanish, enough Spanish in seven months to be competent and then figure out my way through all these countries? Can okay. I? I think I can.
3: So, so although you don't have like an itinerary, do you have the the countries you want to hit?
2: Yeah, for sure. Um, matter of fact, this weekend I think. Narrow, narrow down my itinerary a bit more, but land in land land in Panama City. Uh, stay there for three days. I'll be there during Halloween. Take a 15-hour bus ride to San Jose, Costa Rica. Visit my tutor, who lives like 15 minutes outside of it. Spend maybe like two days there, and then go to Nicaragua uh, in uh, Managua, which is the capital um i heard that people are just like really nice there it's super cheap spend probably most of my time there maybe like 4 or 5 days visit the volcanoes that are there um whatever else and then from there i know i have to end in guatemala city but i don't know if i want to like spend some time in honduras uh, honduras or el salvador um either one or the other uh but yeah this weekend i definitely want to do some research like what are the big things to hit yeah. um, like i know in Honduras, like North Honduras or South Guatemala, there's like a bunch of those like old Aztec cities mm. that would be good to see. I, I'm, I love, love history. So to see something like that would be awesome. But what I have found on any trip I've taken out of the country, whether it's France, Colombia, Canada, or I'm going to Louisiana, it's not about the places that make the trip. It's the people that make the trip. So I really just want to put myself in a frame of mind where I am like willing to just talk to people. Like if a guy or gal is just like, Oh, I'm going to Costa Rica too. Like you just want to catch a bus together. Fuck yeah. it. You know what I mean? Um, and that's also why I've just been learning Spanish because I really want to be able to talk to people there and know their story. And who knows, maybe I just, maybe someone invites me in for dinner and I just have like a wholesome like El Salvadorian uh dinner with them you know just stuff like that that.
3: would be amazing yeah yeah I can see it I can't so we'll have to I might give you to the end of the year we'll see but we definitely have to do like a a part two because now I got to hear about this trip and like all of the things that happened yeah that's gonna be very cool that's gonna be exciting
2: Mm -hmm. Uh, question for you yes So we talked about it a little offline, how you've kind of been a mother your whole life. Yes. And it seems like this is a very natural thing, too. So to give you context, my mom had me at 17. Uh, she was raised in 23 foster homes. Um, okay. whole cool thing. Very, very resilient woman, though. She's she's now a counselor for endangered youth. She, she's a model. She does makeup artists. She does Public speaking gets paid, like, pretty good. Uh, She built a school in Africa. Like, she is, I'm glad that we share blood. However, no, not however. Furthermore, I've noticed that over the past few years, she's doing things that I feel like she missed out on in her 20s. Whether it's, i see my mom go out a bit more, you know, on, like, a Saturday or, or to a club or something like that. And I feel like it's because she had me at 17. So all she had time for was to be a, a mom yeah. for free. I was my senior year in high school. I took my mom to prom because she had never, she never had the opportunity to go. And it was like a big deal in the news for whatever reason. I didn't really think that big of it, but it kind of hit me like a few weeks ago. I was like, man, My mom really never had the opportunity to go to her senior prom. You know, she missed out on a lot of these things. So for you, and maybe if you have friends that were also had kids young or, or were single mothers, do you feel like in some instances in your life, you're kind of playing catch up in a way? Like, do you feel like you're doing things in your life now due to the fact that you weren't able to do these things when you were young because you were being a mother? (laughs)
3: um no only because for two reasons one because i had my daughter after i had gone to college i had (laughs) the end of college Um, okay so you know i partied i did all of the college things all the college things y'all be i did all of those things i did all those things the only thing i did not do in college was smoke or drink um because I, i also was of a generation who watched a lot of like lifetime specials and I was like, listen, if someone's going to try and rape me, I want to make sure that I have my faculty so I can fight. So, Mm -hmm. but what I did do is made everybody think I was drunk most of the time. Like I I was known as a chick, like, yo, what is she on? But it's because I like inhibitions were not a thing for me. So I didn't need any kind of stimulus Mm -hmm. or, you know, anything to change. Like I could just go there. You want to go there? Let's go. And um, so people probably thought I was drunk most of my college career when I hung out, but I wasn't. Um, And then when I had Hannah um, at 22 and I was finished school, um, I came home directly with my mom and I, listen, I didn't probably, I waited until she was about three or four before I started hanging out. But when I tell you, I was like, listen, I'm young and my mom is home. Mom, I'm going out. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I would leave my daughter with my mother and I would like hang out in the streets like I also still make questionable decisions in my 20s I just never brought those decisions home right so I still did the very young stupid bad mistake one night standish stuff I just did it outside the home while my mother was watching my child and then by my early 30s I was like all right I'm good I feel like I feel like I've done
2: it that's your system
3: I've done enough. Yeah. You know, I've thrown up in a club bathroom. I'm good.
2: A good segue. What's your opinion on recreational drug use?
3: Um, so. Drug. At, so I feel like um, the way we have approached drugs in America has been to criminalize uh, minorities And so I hate it for that reason, because again, and I'm a justice professional, so I am in the system that um, criminalizes um, substance use for for minorities, and um, in the same way that they don't do it for their white counterparts. Uh Um, and, And so, probably if you asked me this question, maybe five, six years ago, my answer would be different. But I am of a place now where as long as you're being safe and you're not like actively destroying brain cells that you're going to need to use to like learn how to like brush your teeth or drive a car, like I'm okay if you're okay. Uh Um, If it's not harmful, if you're not doing it for reasons that you're trying to escape trauma or pain or something, then I'm okay. Um the the only thing that ever bothers me about substance use is that people do it to mask stuff or to escape stuff and mm-hmm. so it's not healthy and they do that with alcohol as well right some people do it with food some people do it with shopping so it's really just about making sure that whatever it is that we are ingesting or doing with our lives that we're not doing it to try and not deal with our own stuff because we all have stuff um and so and this is me putting on my because you know i work in mental health and substance use so bring on my fake counselor hat. Um, You just wanna make sure that you're dealing with your stuff. Um, And-
2: Point with uh, people using drugs to soft over their problems or Mm -hmm. they're kind of living under a cloud. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people in my generation suffer from anxiety or depression. Whether it is really that is a whole nother discussion. There's a lot of factors for that, but I think a big reason Especially for like college students, is that they're using a drug a lot or they're drinking a lot or they're smoking weed a lot or maybe they're doing cocaine or they're doing acid or syringe. I think, and the Bible talks about this a lot to make accurate decisions for your future and your life, you have to be sober minded. I think that is a huge thing. I feel like a lot of people who are struggling with the drug use, you know, I mean, obviously, like addiction is a real thing, but I think for a lot of people, if you a substance and you do abstain from that, you will get a more clear image. You'll be more clear-minded. You'll be able to make more rational decisions. And I say this off of experience. For example, in college, when I got into college, uh, Mama J, I was so pure. I had to kiss, I had one girl, I ain't never drink anything, never smoked any gas, didn't have any tattoos. Yes. Um, yeah, I was so pure. But... When I got into college, man, that first year, everything changed. <laughs> I've never I've never been much of a big drinker, but my thing of use was marijuana. And I had started using it so long that I feel like it was a part of my identity. And I had noticed that I would get more social anxiety or have feelings of depression, and it's like I didn't know why. But after I stopped smoking weed, I was like, "Man, the weed was like kind of like a big part of that because I was never sober minded I was always thinking under the veil of Mm -hmm. uh, substance right so I think for me personally I think it would help a lot of people is just uh especially young people is to go like three months without doing anything like I I'm happy because this year I I taught myself how to go out without drinking again Mm -hmm. I'm And much of a big drinker, but I also didn't like the fact that I was just kind of following the crowd. And it's like I, it's like I couldn't have a great time without drinking. And I hated that. I was like, man, let me let me teach myself how to go out and just have a good time, just be there, be in the moment without having a little something extra, you know?
3: That's real. That is very real. And I think people we're still learning that like it at any age. Like that, I don't think that is something that you like you all of a sudden find, and you don't ever have to deal with that again. Like, I think mm-hmm. at every stage you're still like, mm, should I be doing this? Is this really, what are my motivations behind why I'm doing this thing or that? What, yeah. I mean, it could be, again, a lot of things, right? But if it's, you know, drinking or, or, you know, drug use, whatever, it is really just like checking oneself. I do a lot of, why am I doing this? Like, mm-hmm. check yourself. Why, why am I doing this? Or Huge. why am I reacting like this? Like, what, what do I, what am I feeling on the inside? What am I saying to myself to make yeah. me feel this way?
1: Um, yeah.
3: And it is super important. I think, especially for today, because um, so I, I don't listen to the news a whole lot because I am like a super empathetic person. And I like, I cry super easy. Like if you were telling a story and you started crying, I would start crying because I would understand the emotion from which you are expressing. And I would be like, yeah, that is, that is really deep. So I'm that person. So I don't watch a lot of news because I would probably need a lot more therapy than I already get, and I am in therapy, but I would probably need a lot more. And, but it is important to like know yourself and to know uh, the kind of person you are and to know um, what works for you and what doesn't, because that looks different for everybody. Like, my mom can watch the news all day and be fine. If I watch the news all day, I'm like, I want to crawl in my bed and hide for, like, three days because I'm super depressed. And there are a whole group of people that I want to help that I can't, that I don't, you know, like, what am I going to do? I can't help these, you know, kids locked in cages. I can't do it. So, you know what I mean? So, you know, I try not to um, feed myself with things that I know, like, I can't uh, handle.
0: Mm -hmm. Um,
3: Yeah, but so... Um, when you go on this trip, are we going to be partaking in stuff like?
0: Mm,
2: probably gonna- not. Maybe like a little bit of alcohol if I'm out with some friends. Yeah. Um, but I think especially with, I think when you travel abroad, like the customs and culture are so different. Yeah. In, in Latin America, like you have to be very crazy. For example, I've had experience now. I was in a city called Cartagena in mm-hmm. Colombia, right on the coast. Only place in the world I've ever gotten sunburned. I thought I was black. Enough. Guess
1: oh, been there.
2: Yeah, my my lights gonna ask God. <laughs> <laughs> like, but I was out one night. We I went out with some friends that were at my hostel. We had we were staying on a beach, basically. We were like five miles out the city. We take a taxi into into the city and we go to like the the party part and it was basically all just foreigners like the the bars you literally had to show an international passport to get in I met this girl which is how most of my stories start Mm -hmm. and I I forgot her name but she was German but of like Moroccan descent Mm
0: -hmm.
2: so bad so bad like ass whoa crazy and and she had a friend that was from new york matter of fact this black girl and they were like like can you get some weed and i was like yeah like i think so So i i asked this the the small hispanic dude he didn't really like speaking english so i asked with the the little spanish i knew i was like marijuana who two grams he's like yeah see 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 five minutes later Oh, he leaves. Five minutes later, he comes back. It's like 20,000 pesos for like two grams, which I think is, I don't know, like $15. Gave him the money. Got a wrap. Rolled it up. (laughs) And a few minutes later, it was so spooky. A few minutes later, like he comes back and he's like, hey, this guy wants to talk to you. So I go talk to him. And all of a sudden, like eight guys like kind of come around me and they're like, "Yo, like that's our weed. Like you need to give us like 150,000 pesos. And I'm like, what are you talking about, bro? Like I gave him the money. Like he told me the price. I gave him the money. They started pushing me. And they're like, no, like we need the money or you got to go to the ATM. And I was like, fuck it, Fuck this. So because the bars were for international people only, I just went into the bar. I went in at like 11 AM. I stayed there with my friends till like 3 AM. And I was like, I was spooked at that point, but I was like, you know, so much time has passed. I'm fine. So all, all of us leave at like three. I walk out, I turn to my left and like three of these guys are still there. And they immediately look at me like, oh, we're like, where you been? I'm like, fuck, oh, dude, like, oh no. Thank the Lord, there was a taxi right there. I go up to the taxi driver. I don't even I don't even care how, how much he's asking for. I give him money. I tell everyone to get into the car and we leave. And that whole drive home, I'm just, I'm sitting. I'm in the front seat by myself spooked not saying a word like pale just looking in the rear view like gosh is someone following us because it's Latin America like I don't know what they're about um so yeah after that I was like you know what when you're in a different country if you're not in like Amsterdam or something where it's legal right you don't ask nothing like will not put myself in a situation where I could be I could fall victim to my own ignorance so on this trip again, this is just about practicing my Spanish, seeing cool places, meeting cool people. I'll drink a little beer or liquor if I'm in a group of people, but I'm not doing anything crazy by myself or asking for, like, stuff from random dudes. Yeah. Oh, no, (laughs) but but you, it, it sounds like so obvious, like, don't ask drugs from random people, but, like, I mean, I was, like, 22. I mean, this was I was like 21 at the time. So I was like, man, I, I feel invincible. You know what I mean? But uh, yeah, aren't, you know, um, but that was, that was an awesome trip too. So
3: that's very cool. I definitely want to travel more. I, I, we were talking earlier. Mm -hmm. We said it, we said it on, um, you know, it's so funny. I'm trying to like, did we say this before? are on the podcast but we were talking about balance and we're talking about how you shouldn't you know work to work but work to like live and to experience life and I feel like I definitely I am now just getting to that point you know we're talking about all this self-examination examination I was definitely one of those people who I could work all year and maybe take one vacation that was like a week long but then I'm working the rest of the year um and may take off you know two or three days around like you know Thanksgiving and Christmas but not ever like traveling. Like I want to like, I want to experience all of the continents and I'm a foodie. So I want to go to all of the good food places. Mm-hmm. Um, so anywhere where there's food, animals, and like uh, old culture, those are like my top three reasons and places I want to go. And then, you know, when I started watching also, this is, I, you can see I watch a lot on Netflix. Um, Amazing Vacation Rentals is a show on Netflix and they um each episode has an economic stay um a unique stay and a luxury stay and so um there are two women and a man and so each of them you know pick like I'm going to do the luxury stay I'm going to do the unique stay I'm going to do the um economic stay the first episode on the first season was Bali Mm. and the economic say was like I could so do this I don't know if my husband can do it but I could so do this because again I'm a nature person so they stayed on like this person's really large I feel like it was a rice farm but they had huts that you had to like climb up into that look like like, almost like giant bird nests I was like yeah that's and it cost like $16 a day I was like yep That's my speed right there. So if you want to watch Amazing Vacation Rentals for ideas on places to stay, because I even, even when I was watching it, I like went and found the resort, like, like, oh, this is a real thing. And it's still like this amazingly cheap. So that has definitely given me ideas about places I want to go. And like, I want to go everywhere.
2: I have, I made a bet with my buddy in high school, one of my best friends. He was my co-host on, on the podcast I used to do, but we made a bet. I was like, Hey, if I don't visit a hundred countries by the time I'm 45, I'll give you $10,000. Yeah. And so I, I got a lot, a lot of work to do after this trip. I think I'll be at nine, which is not a lot, but you know, we'll, uh, I'm going to hit it. Um, I'm definitely going to hit it. I think after this, maybe next year, my buddy, the friend I'm talking about, he's mm-hmm. going to go masters in Germany. Cause he's German. Uh, he's like mixed race. Um, so I'm like, dude, I'll, I'll come out and visit you in Germany. I got friends in Berlin. So I think that would be fun. And I really want to go to Madagascar one day.
3: Animals, yeah.
2: Well, nature, but also people, oh, so interesting. They're not, it's not what you would think when you think of Africa. Like they are French speaking, but they look like they're from Southeast Asia, like Indonesian. It's a really, because thousands of years ago, um, people from like Southeast Asia, somehow got on a boat I don't know how they missed like all these other places but they got on a boat from Southeast Asia and basically migrated to Madagascar and settled there and then through colonization they started speaking French so I think that is just such an interesting like mix yeah of of old culture new culture in Africa like what yeah Um, that's a place I'd love to go to yeah
3: yeah that sounds very cool very, very cool. Um, I think for Hannah's graduation next year, I, which I need to start planning, um, mm. wants to go, of course, to South Korea, of course. Mm. All things Korean, so. Everybody. And. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so. A ra- random question for you. Yeah. Who's your favorite president and if you could bring a former president back now to like run for president who would
0: oh god oh god oh god Sweet jesus
3: so it's hard to say because so many of our history of presidents is just through books. So you don't really know them as people or character. Like, I feel like I'm really good at like reading people, but because I don't get to like see them and be like, okay, are you good at that egg? I feel like that just, you know, I don't have enough of uh, a lexicon to be able to make a really informed decision. Of course, the ones that were that I got to see while I was alive. Um, and this is gonna sound very Black to me, but I'm gonna say Barack only because, I don't even know if he would win in this time because we're just we're in a very different like headspace. Um, but um, what I believe about him as a human being is that he cares about human beings. And so um, I, can, I can vote for people <laughs> who are outside my party or who have different, you know, views as me, if I feel like you care about human beings. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of, you know, like the political discourse and and um, how politics are today is is not about people. It's about issues. And so I don't care what you what your position is on issues, is this how it affects like people. Like mm-hmm. if of your like you know policies and things that you're doing like how can you justify that if it's like actively harming people then that doesn't make sense to me um and so i would pick a rock only because i believe he cares about like humanity um Mm -hmm. i feel like you know biden bless his very old heart um i believe he also cares about humanity but he's just so old
2: yeah that he got dementia he's
3: so old and then the talk of him like running again I'm like I don't think you should do that <laughs> I, don't, I no I don't think that's that's very good I believe you care and and God bless you for stepping in and carrying the mantle but
1: mm-mm.
2: yeah thank, thanks for being the guy to get rid of Trump but right but you, it's not going good no
3: please please don't do that again please we can't um,
2: I, I agree though I mean obviously Barack is my favorite like when he became president, when he got elected in 07, I think I, I think I was in fifth grade. So for me, he was like my first president. Really, I mean, obviously, there, but at that point in my life, like, what is a George Bush? Like, I don't know. <laughs> you know, Barack was like my president for all of middle school and all of high school. So there's like so much influence he has, um, and he's, he's just like an inspiration. You know, absolutely. Like, you do anything, but in terms of like my favorite president other than Barack, I'd say FDR, Mm -hmm. uh, Roosevelt, Um, just because like he was our president during World War II, like such a turbulent time. And he was president for, I think it was over 12 years. So it's like, man, he was there for a while. And I feel like that's super unique. In terms of bringing back a past president for now, I would love to see how Jimmy Carter would do. I think Jimmy Carter was like super ahead of his time. He's the guy that implemented things like Habitat for Humanity. know a lot of these social programs Mm uh like such a sweet guy so i think he would
3: it's about humans he does yeah
2: yeah exactly he he deeply cares about humans and and you can see it in his policies so i think he would be a a really good fit now um in terms of the election coming up god i think we're so fucked uh
3: because who could i don't you know, I feel like I'm one of those people who's like, listen, if it goes too far left, like I'm moving to Canada. Like, <laughs> I, 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 I actively believe, and I don't think people want to face it, but, you know, we are a very young country and is, is legit as we try and make ourselves seem, we are very young. So we are not outside the realm of like democracy falling. And I don't yeah. think it is as secure as people think it is. I'm like, we're, we are not that far from, you know, one policy or something going real far left. And we find ourselves in handmaid's tail. Like, um, I, I am prayerful that we don't, but I would not be surprised if we do. And um, I don't think, I think it's kind of arrogant for people to act like the democracy of America can't fall because it can
2: they can. Yeah, we, we as a nation need to be very, I think, okay, to preface, I totally understand and acknowledge that we've done a lot of fucked up stuff in our history, especially as Black people. I mean, whether it's uh, destroying that town that was like in Oklahoma City like 100 years ago, giving Black people syphilis, all that, I get that for sure. But America is truly one of a kind there is not only no other nation in the world like us but there hasn't been in history and i think we really need to appreciate what we do have i know like a lot of people say like we need to have more trans rights and more gay rights yes of course right we need to have be more inclusive for everyone but there ain't a lot of, a lot of other countries in the world where like you can actually be gay and not be killed you know stuff like that like it's not like it's china where they're they, there's literally millions of Uyghurs in concentration camps being, I, I think, euthanized is the right word, where they basically are stopping them from being able to reproduce. Like, what what we have right now in America is like so precious, and we have to give ourselves a bit of credit on how far we've come and the things that we are doing because we are really trailblazing. Like a real democracy like again we have never seen this in history we're the only countries like this currently you go to these other countries it's it's homogenous like you go to sweden it's 99 percent white you go to white. china 90 percent like han people you go to like ghana it's mostly like african people Af- africa is a bit different because there's a lot of like different cultural like
3: tribals groups. and yeah
2: but like in america like you can literally see like an Asian dude, then an Indian guy, and then a, a, a girl from Ohio, and then all this and all that. While I don't think that we are necessarily the melting pot, which we like to call ourselves, I think we're more of a salad bowl, just a bunch of parts mixed in together. I really do love this country. Despite all of the bull crap that we do and that we're doing now, we just have to take care of what we have Correct. started, you know?
3: Correct. Don't take it for granted and, and, and take it seriously. Like, listen, it, I think um, if, if nothing else, I think the election of, of Donald Trump showed us that you can't ever sit idly by, like sit on the sidelines and be like, oh, we're, we're gonna be okay. We're, we're just, you know, just just struggling along. We're, we'll be fine. You have to actively participate and advocate and and be making decisions that will not only better your individual communities, um, but you know America as a whole. Um, so, we'll 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 see because this election, this next election cycle, it's going to be a doozy.
2: <laughs> oh yeah, but I guess last one on like the little political thing. More people need to understand and put it into practice including myself this general election every four years only means so much truly my life four years ago when trump was elected and now biden being in office overall it's relatively the same what really matters are local elections and people have got to get more invested in their community and what laws are being passed in their community because at the end of the day you know we oh sorry you froze there for a second um
3: yeah
2: at the end of the day states damn near have as much power i mean we're we're a federalist nation so states have a, a good amount of power like cities have a good amount of power
3: yeah, let's get it. population
2: yeah fuck, fuck the general election like let's let's worry about the local elections the elections for your state that type of stuff that
3: Absolutely.
2: huge emphasis
3: absolutely like it matters who who is running your state and running your counties like Mm. that matters it matters if you know your values are being like represented and the things that you think are important are being addressed because if not then why then why be a part of society that you're not going to participate in
2: yeah absolutely please
3: to god don't 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 fuss and cuss about it after the fact when you Mm. didn't participate exactly Okay, so this has been super fun. I'm going to bring it to a close because I could probably talk to you for like, ever. ever. And we definitely will talk offline about the date for the older woman. <laughs> Anywho, but um, but we will definitely like get back to you after this um, cross country, uh, South American? Central, Central. American, Central American trip. Um, because I absolutely want to hear I feel like there's going to be like one story that crystallizes and then like many stories underneath. We're going to see what that looks like <laughs> in the coming year. So um, again, this has been another When Christians Speak Talk Radio Bold and Beautiful podcast with my lovely guest, Trey Potter, who has been uh, representing for not only himself, but um, them Gen Z. So the takeover is complete for today. We will check oh. um, back. <laughs> with. But part two um, in the coming months. So Trey, thank you for participating. This was a super fun conversation. Is there anything you would like to leave with the people? Any final thoughts or words for the people?
2: Uh, Just keep being your authentic self. Yeah.
3: Being your authentic self. So that's it. From one Gen Z's lips to your ears.
1: <laughs> All right, guys, have a good one.
3: Bye.
1: Thanks for tuning in to our broadcast. We look forward to introducing young talent and sharing exciting stories with our listeners around the world. So if you have a gift, talent, story, or information to share with us, spoken word, poetry, book, or song to share, if you're an entrepreneur or musician, please contact us at bnbwcstr2016 at gmail.com